You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Lucas Smith. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Be sure to follow the show too, at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter uh, for updates throughout different Cardinal games and for me sharing the show as well. We'd love to get some more interaction on that as well as the show continues to grow. Uh, Cardinals had a doubleheader against the Cubs yesterday. As today is Tuesday, August 18th, and the show is brought to you by... Built Bar. Cubs and Cardinals split a doubleheader yesterday at Wrigley Field in the second game. The Cardinals were actually the home team, so it was a bit of an, an odd thing to see and an odd thing to recap is the Cardinals being the home team at Wrigley Field. That has not happened in the history of Wrigley Field. Uh, but on today's show, I will break down games one and two, talk about the excellent performances by Brad Miller and the Cardinals pitching for the most part, and then I will also preview Today's game against the Chicago Cubs, first pitch at 7.15 tonight. But let's get started going right into it with game number one. Uh, 4.15 start, it was, a bit, it was an odd start for doubleheader, but then you've got to remember that they were they're doing seven inning doubleheaders this year for Major League Baseball. So Cardinals were able to get a 3-1 to one win. Um, Hung Won Kim got the start for St. Louis, and I thought that if the Cardinals were going to split today, they'd split by losing the first and winning the second because of the Cubs' bullpen. But uh, Cardinals were able to get to Hendricks just enough. Kyle Hendricks uh, came in with an 8-2 record um, against St. Louis Cardinals, and this is his first loss in the last six decisions against the Redbirds, they said in the radio broadcast. Um, Cardinals were able to muster up run the third on a Dexter Fowler home run. Fowler has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, he's batting 320, 906 OPS, got a, um, a home run, a couple different RBIs. So he's been a nice, two home runs rather, excuse me. Uh, Fowler's been a nice surprise for St. Louis this year. I think coming in, I had the most confidence in Tyler O'Neill in terms of the Cardinals outfielders. And Fowler has really impressed me, hitting the ball hard a couple different times, even when he made outs in Chicago. <laughs> against against the White Sox, he made a couple of loud outs. So seems to just, just be barreling up the ball a lot more, a lot more which will uh, produce better results. Um, but uh, KK Kim got the start, his first appearance since opening day, in which he went one in against the Pirates. And I thought that, you know, he it was kind of an underwhelming start for Kim. He got through three and two thirds. He only threw 57 pitches, only gave up three hits. He walked three, and walks will be a key that I talk about in the next game when the Cardinals lost. Got one strikeout, only gave up one run on the in the fourth inning. It was a home run to Ian Happ. What really impressed me about Kim, though, was the way that he was able to navigate in and out of trouble. Um, for as, as much um, you know, bad things I saw about Mike Schilt after the game last night, I think that uh, walking Wilson Contreras in the first to load the bases was huge. I thought that that was a really good managerial move from Mike Schilt because um, you know Kim got the first out, then 
Uh, Rizzo walked, Baez hit a double, Rizzo didn't score, so then he walked to get the bases loaded, then Kim does his job. He gets Hap to strike out, and then he gets a double play ball from David Bodie. So I thought that that managerial move, it, it paid off, so it's easy to say that that was a good decision. Um, but I thought that Kim was able to navigate in and out of trouble really well. Um, but I, I, up until the, the seventh inning, which ended up being the last inning because of game one of a doubleheader, it was a typical Kyle Hendricks start. He struck out five. He was painting the corners throughout the whole game, keeping the Cardinals hitters off balance, didn't allow a base runner other than the Fowler home run until the fifth inning, and that was on an error by Baez, and didn't allow a hit other than that until the seventh. Um, the Goldschmidt double, and then... But it was really key in that seventh inning. Goldschmidt leads off on a 3-1 double, uh, 3-1 count double, which, which um, obviously a leadoff double is huge. But Tyler O'Neill that at-bat. His at-bat after Goldschmidt. He took a strike, then he got ahead 2-1, and one, swung out a curveball, low and outside, okay? The fourth pitch of the at-bat. It was way outside. And then very next pitch is the very same pitch, curveball outside, O'Neill takes it. I thought that was a really good take by O'Neill. And then he's able to get some wood on the next curveball, foul it off, and then he takes a curveball in the dirt. He saw four curveballs in a row, uh, and that that was able to work a walk. I thought that was huge. It, it shows a lot of improvement in O'Neill's game to be able to lay off those tough pitches. And then Carpenter comes up right after him and has a really good at-bat, too. He, he takes a curveball in the dirt, he swings over two change-ups, and then he's able to make an adjustment on the change-up that Hendricks left up just a touch, and Carpenter uh, pounds it into right field for a base hit. Um and then, then uh, loading the bases for Dylan Carlson. I love Carlson. I think he's going to be legit. I think that he's seeing a lot of change-ups that he's not used to seeing at the minor league level. I think that Carlson could use a day off. I'm not giving up on Carlson. I don't think he's awful. I don't think he's a bust. I just think he could use a day off. He's struggling. Uh, Carlson uh, just really kind of looking overmatched by change-ups a little bit, I think. So give him a day off. He grounded it out. And then they... Uh, David Ross, uh, Grandpa Rossi, brought in Rowan Wick, the lefty, to face uh, Brad Miller. And Nagowski, John Nagowski was ready to pinch hit. And Schilt, once again, managerial moves, sticking with the lefty v. lefty. And Brad Miller makes Schilt look really good with a double um, in the left center, just over the outstretched glove of Alamora. That, that scored two. I think that Brad Miller is one of those signings that kind of went under the radar. Not, not only in terms of... Uh, national news, but in terms of Cardinal news, I think that not a lot of Cardinals thought much of this signing, or Cardinal fans, myself included. I thought that he was just kind of just going to be there because when the signing was made, you know, you already had Jairo Munoz, you knew Edmundo Sosa might be available as an extra infielder. So why sign Miller? He showed you why. He doubled, and then talk about it a little bit later, he homered twice and just looked really good. Uh, he, he doesn't seem to be a guy that you're going to have to platoon whenever a lefty's on the mound. Um, and he just seems like a you know, a solid at bat that the Cardinals can use off the bench, with, uh, which they might need with with their uh, you know offense taking a hit right now because of COVID nineteen, or at least offensive weapons you might think because of COVID nineteen. Um, but yeah, Miller's able to get that double really and just kind of set the tone for the bottom half of the seventh. And in that bottom half of the seventh, Andrew Miller came in and, and didn't really have any <laughs> anything to worry about. Schwarber struck out swinging on four pitches. Yeah, he saw three sliders, fouled a fastball back, and then swung at a slider way out of the zone. Uh, that was up a little bit, and then Miller's able to get uh, Josh Fegley and uh, Albert Armour to ground out. Uh, pretty quiet top half of the seventh. And I, I was extremely impressed in, in, in this game with the Cardinal pitching. Uh, St. Louis Cardinal pitching has been impeccable all year long, and it did not disappoint yesterday. Uh, Kim, three and two-thirds like we talked about already. Gant came in, struck out 
three batters in an inning in a third. Giovanni Gallegos was downright nasty again. Two punch outs in his scoreless inning. Andrew Miller, a punch out in his save. Gallegos gets credited with the win. What I thought was really, really good about this performance by the Cardinals bullpen, they didn't allow a hit after Kim was removed. Kim allowed a hit in the fourth inning. Gant comes in, gets a punch out, and then scoreless baseball for the rest of the game. Hitless baseball for the rest of the game. And, you know, Cubs at, at that point were on a three-game losing streak. That was their fourth loss in a row. So their offense had been struggling a little bit. But this is a high-powered offense. Um, there's nothing to sneeze at. Your, your top four, you got Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras. Sure, Bryant, uh, Rizzo, uh, the averages aren't there. I'll, I'll grant you that. You look at the average, you see 190, 242, 208. But every single one of these guys has the ability to leave the ball yard, and they have shown that ability. Uh, I like Contreras a lot. Ian Happ has been a nice surprise for Chicago. He's hitting 311. Um, so this is not an offense to, to sneeze at or to, to turn your head at. Uh, this is a really good offense, and St. Louis is able to, to shut them down in game one, only allowing three hits. And in game two, they really shut them down again. It was just wasn't good enough in game two because the offense wasn't there and some managerial mistakes were made. But uh, game two, Cardinals weren't able to, to get everything done, and I will talk about that in just a moment. But first, I want to talk about our title sponsor today, Built Bar. Built Bar is new and improved, and it's even more delicious. 18 amazing flavors, including non-nut and nut flavors. Six new flavors, just to mention a few. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Cookies and cream, really good flavor that I'm going to enjoy. 12 original flavors already on top of that. You had things like coconut almond, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, orange, toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter, brownie. There's really solid flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, so if your sweet tooth would still want to remain healthy, they're soft and easy to chew when you still get that chocolate. But like I said, Built Bars are extremely healthy. They are great for anybody who is health conscious. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And what's even cooler is that because you're a Locked On listener, you, you have this opportunity to get a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. So make sure you uh, go ahead and get over to BuiltBar.com to purchase Built Bars and a free cooler as well. Use the promo code Locked On and you'll get $10 off your next order. Promo code Locked On at $10 off at BuiltBar.com and head over there quickly before supplies runs out on the free cooler with a purchase of Built Bar. Before I get into Game 2 of the Doubleheader yesterday, just an announcement. I'll be able to give a little bit more details of this on my Twitter and the show's Twitter. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, August 19th, I, I think Sean Sears, who's the host of Locked On Cubs, and I are going to go live post-game on Wednesday night. So keep your eyes out for that. I'm uh, going to shoot for a live show on Wednesday. Come with questions, come with interactions uh, for Sean and I to break down five games in three days. Um, so on Wednesday, be sure to look for that on my Twitter announcements as well. And once uh, just a little bit more information before I get to the game number two from yesterday. Carlos Martinez and Emuno Sosta have been cleared to resume uh, baseball activities, according to manager Mike Schultz. So you like to see that, that they've been uh, light baseball activity and conditioning at Bush Stadium. Uh, they began that yesterday. 
Carlos Martinez is an interesting one. I don't think that he will go back in the starting rotation. I don't think he should go back in the starting rotation anyways. Um, but that remains to be seen. I think that uh, his one uh, tryout against the Twins did not go well enough for him to earn a second start. But that's just me. Time will tell. Uh, most important thing for him is to get him uh, back healthy and uh, in good spirits as well. So moving on to game number two, uh, Cardinals were the home team for this one. Home team at Wrigley Field, and it did not start well. I thought it was going to start well when Reyes took the mound. Um, I was super pumped whenever I saw him or heard him, heard that he was warming up in the outfield because of how electric he was on Saturday. Um, but uh, the stuff, stuff was there. He had two punch outs, but he also walked three. I th- he just lacked control. It was his first start since May 30th of 2018 when he only went four innings against the Brewers. So maybe starting just isn't this guy's role. Maybe he's meant for the bullpen. He's cut out to, to let loose. Maybe he was thinking too much in terms of, you know, i got to manage my pitches or whatever because he ended up throwing 24 in one inning, and he only ended up throwing one inning. Uh, he walked three, and he was he was kind of bailed out. He threw a pass ball, or they charged a wild pitch to um, – no, they did charge a pass ball to Kisner in the first inning on a fastball that was low. One run scored on the second run. Uh, Kisner bobbled it a little bit. He was able to throw back and get the, the uh, get Schwarber out for the third out of the inning. So Reyes was even bailed out a little bit. But the three walks hurt hurt him uh, to start the inning. So, you know, Cubs got out to a one nothing lead. Didn't look good. And then Cardinals came back in the bottom of the second. They were able to, to get two runs on the board thanks to, you know, really the, the player of the game and player of the day in both games were, were Brad Miller. He uh, homered on a line drive to center field. He, he uh, ambushed um, Miller, the pitcher of the – Tyson Miller, the pitcher of the Cubs, first pitch fastball. And it was a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, belt high, and Miller just crushed it to uh, straightaway center field, hit it 420 feet. And, I, I you know, I talked about it a little bit before, but I'm – Really impressed with what I've seen from Brad Miller so far, and that really carry over carried over into his next at bat in the fourth, when he hit a opposite field home run off of Kyle Ryan, uh, a left-handed pitcher, hit it to to dead left center field or to dead left field for for a home run, and then very next batter Max Schrock, two zero count, gets a fastball center cut and uh, hits it out for his first home home run, line drive to right field. So, you know, Cardinals were able to get two home runs from two left-handed hitters against left-handed pitching, which is always good to see. And what was interesting about that Schrock home run, it was his first home run in the big leagues. Dexter Fowler, there was a pitching change after that. Uh, Dexter Fowler went into the right field bleachers because the ball didn't come all the way back to grab that ball from Max Schrock. I thought that that was just a class move by Fowler. Say what you will about his Cardinal career. It's been subpar, to say you know, to say the least. Um He's always been a good guy. He's always had a smile on his face. He's always been a good teammate, and that's just one example of it. Um, so that put him up 4 nothing, and you thought that that might have been enough to win the game simply because of how the Cardinals were pitching. Reyes was able to get out of a jam in the first, giving up a run, but then um, Ricardo Sanchez came in and made his debut, and you know it seems to get pretty good results. He went two innings against a pretty good offense and struck out three and walked two and didn't give up a hit or a run. And then after that, you had... Um, you had Rob Kaminsky come in, a lefty who made his debut on Saturday, come in with a scoreless inning with a punch out. Henesis Cabrera didn't look super strong. Uh, an inning in a third. You know, sometimes I just feel like Cabrera is one of those guys that just like isn't there quite yet, but you see the potential in him. You see what Schilt likes in him, at least I do. Um, but in, in the sixth inning, he leads off the inning with a Javier Baez hit by pitch. Um, he's able to strike out Schwarber on a on a foul bunt, which was a real interesting decision 
Um, and then after that, uh, Schultz takes him out and goes to Tyler Webb. I think Tyler Webb, Webb gets a bad rap. Um, I think that Webb has done a fine job as a Cardinal. He's had some big moments. I will say Schilt, and I love Schilt too. I'm not trying to be whatever. I'm not trying to be too negative on anybody, but I think Schilt left him in a batter too long. He gave up a double to Wilson Contreras. Uh, that was the first hit of the game. Uh, Cardinal pitching did not give up a hit until the sixth. That should not be lost in this conversation. Pitching for the Cardinals is the absolute strength of this team, and it's incredible to watch them night in and night out be absolutely filthy, except for really two innings since the return they've looked bad. That was the Roel Ramirez four-home run in a row disaster and the four-run inning against the Cubs that I'm talking about right now. So two innings out of the first, uh, let's see, two on Saturday, three out of the first five games back, you have to be happy with it. So I think pitching is the strength. Don't lose sight of that. Gives up a double to Contreras. So you knew he had to play being in at least three batters, um, that being Webb. Uh, Hap then bunts to get Contreras to third, and then he walks Hayward on four pitches. I think once Hap bunts, I would have, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I would have gotten a right-hander up for David Bodie. Or, you know, you had to assume they were going to pinch hit, maybe, Carantini, rather, because Bodie was a pinch hitter. Um, but I just think that I wouldn't have let Webb go in against three more hitters, because even if you do face Carantini, it's still a right-handed batter. Um, so I, I would have, you know, again, high science 2020, Webb gave up the homer to Bodie that ended up being the, the, the winner. Um, but he... I think he left Webb in a, in a batter too long, and then he ends up walking Kipnis afterwards. He does get Chris Bryant to ground out to end the inning, but you know I just think Tyler Webb could have uh, been managed a little bit better, taken out a little bit sooner there, um, and then the Cardinals just weren't able to get anything going. Brad Miller worked to walk in his first at bat in the, in the sixth, which you know just he's been legit. Kisner got a double play after that. Um, and then Nabil uh, Chrismat replaced Tyler Webb, gave up a double to Rizzo, and then struck out Baez. Kismat as another um, another debut for the Cardinals. Intentionally walks Kyle Schwarber, gets a force out and a punch out, so he looked pretty good. And then the Cardinals go down 1-2-3 in the bottom half of the seventh. So all in all, can't complain too much about the Cardinals' loss yesterday. Um, you would have liked to see a little bit more... Uh, Better bullpen management for Mike Schilt. You have a lot of weapons if you're Schilt, so I would have liked to have seen him manage the weapons a little bit better. Um, but it is what it is. I think, you know, coming out of the break, you would have thought that the Cardinals' offense would be struggling to score four runs. Um, and, they, and they haven't. They have not struggled to score runs. They've, uh, they've only scored, they've scored less than three runs, I think, once. And that was the second game. Excuse me, that was on that was on Sunday against the White Sox. Uh, so the Cardinals currently now, they, they sit at, at five and five, Cubs at 14 and seven. Today's game, uh, it's it's an interesting matchup for me. Ponce de Leon against Hugh Darvish, two pitchers that have had question marks on themselves uh, for at least part of their careers or all of their careers. Um, de Leon, his last start of the season, his last appearance was July 29th at Target Field. He, uh, he he walked three, but he struck out eight batters over three and two-thirds innings in that start. His fastball was really good. And that, that's Ponce's game. His fastball is, is his bread-and-butter pitch. Uh, according to MLB.com, only one batter has an at-bat on the Cubs lineup against Ponce de Leon, 0 for 1. Hugh uh, Darvish for the Cubs, he's 3 and 1 this year with a 1.88 ERA, 27 punch-outs and 4 starts. He's a completely different pitcher than last year. He went 0 and 2 with a 4.07 ERA against the Cardinals last year. I think that, that stat is you can kind of take it with a grain of salt. I know I am because Hugh Darvish just looks like a completely different and redefined pitcher last year 
or this year than last year. Uh, Cardinals have different, decent numbers against them individually. Carpenter is 3-for-8 against him with two RBIs. Goldschmidt is hitting 313 against him in 16 at-bats with a home run of two RBIs. And then you also have guys with not-so-good numbers. Brad Miller's 1-for-6. O'Neal's 0-for-3. And Bader's 0-for-3. And Fowler's 0-for-8. That's one that I'll be interested in. So we'll see who gets to start tomorrow for St. Louis in terms of on, on the defensive end of things. Or excuse me, on the offensive end of, end of things. But my prediction for this one, because I watched you Darvis in his last start against Milwaukee and just how downright filthy he was, punching out 11 in seven innings of one-hit baseball, I think that uh, he's able to, to pitch really well and keep the Cardinal hitters off balance. I think the Cowboys get the win tomorrow. Um, but that does not mean I'm losing complete hope. My prediction was wrong today. It was backwards. So who knows? Uh, Cubs and Cardinals play tonight at 7.15, so... Be sure to watch. I'll be watching and tweeting and interact with the show. And then, once again, keep your eye out on my Twitter for Wednesday's show. Looking for it to be a live show with Sean, host of Locked on Cubs. But that's all I got for today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. Subscribe to the show and whatever podcast platform you listen to. I love to interact with you guys more often. And... Um, and just be sure to subscribe and rate and follow the show as we continue to move on this 2020 season. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Locked John Cardinals. Stay safe, stay well, and have a great day.